Oh no! It's the American Soccer Show! Eric O'Cantor, Emmett McConnell. Got a lot to talk about. Just when we thought that all the fun stuff had ended, oh no, the offseason came. And who said MLS offseason isn't entertaining, Emmett? I think at one point I said that, and boy was I wrong. You were so wrong. Think of all the crazy things we have to talk about. FC Cincinnati's expansion picks, Mourinho getting the sack yesterday, my League MX team winning. Those are all not MLS things except for FC Cincinnati, but I don't really care. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about, lots of transactions that went down, lots of trades, people moving. We still haven't sold Almiron officially. Things are wild right now. Of the moves that we were like sure were going to happen, none of them have been made official yet. That's true. So, except for Sergio Santos, he's on his way to Philly. That is true. The Union do have a new striker, but we will get to that in due We time. will, we will. And first, I'd like to talk about that League MX final. I know it was such a big day for all of you listeners. Uh, it was a big day for me as well, having watched my Club America win that championship in fact instead of doing the news that we just talked about we're actually just going to do a 45 minute tactical breakdown of club america's tactics it was it was beautiful the way they attacked and defended apparently got the shutout (laughs) (laughs) i forgot you didn't even see a lick of the game i i want you to picture actually do you remember last season when chelsea went to man city uh in the second half of the year and conte basically told chelsea don't bother just don't bother winning just don't bother just don't like if city have the ball don't bother don't press them don't look at them don't attack them if we get the ball great but otherwise just don't that sounds like it was a a Mourinho tactic back it was it is also a Mourinho tactic although to be fair it would be kind of insulting to apply it to Mourinho's glory days given how ineffective Crucial were basically if you didn't watch the final, which I know no one actually did. This other team basically just didn't seem like they actually thought they could win the game, which is kind of unfortunate given that they were the best team in the regular season. So goes to show you what happens when you don't win a title for 21 years and you're known as the biggest choke artists in the league. So anyway, I just wanted to celebrate. Thank you for letting me have this moment. Harsh words uh, for a tough loss for Cruz Azul. I'm sure their fans must be livid right oh, now. The memes were great, but. But Eric gets to celebrate, and that's what matters here in the American Soccer Show, is we're always America first. Yes. And America came first here with a 2 nothing <laughs> victory. Very big. Anything American goes. Uh, yes. Uh, bringing back El, Pri- El Piojo Herrera. Making make uh, yeah. America great again. Ah, uh, that's... What a time. What a time to be alive. And I'm, I'm glad that we've been made great yes. again down in America. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, talking about Jose Mourinho, he actually did get the sack yesterday, so I figured we'll dedicate a little bit of time to him here because he deserves it. Uh, where? I mean, let's start with Mourinho the man, right? Like, where does Mourinho go from here? Because, I mean, it's hard for me to believe that a top-tier club is really going to be interested in bringing Mourinho in now. I can think of a handful, but first things first is I think he has to be unemployed for... I think it's like six or eighteen to eighteen months and something in that frame, and he gets, um, I think it's six months. He gets eighteen million dollars in severance. So first things first, is you got to get that money. Take some time off. Go to the beach. Uh, maybe he's a mountains guy. Go skiing. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, get his money. But I would imagine 
there's a couple clubs that would be pretty interested in him. First would be Bayern Munich. That's what I was thinking. Second would, second would be Inter Milan. Ah, uh, see, again? Okay, so here's the situation. Bayern's super struggling. Yes. And he could be a guy who could kind of bring some order there, at least in a short-term period. And Inter Milan is the one club that he left on good terms. Mm-hmm. So it's like the only place this, like other than Chelsea, maybe the first time, that's probably the only place he could go back to at this point. Maybe Porto. Ah, see, but like, here's the, why would Porto want him back? And I know there's going to be people like, why wouldn't Porto want a world class manager? They look, they look like they're doing just fine to me. Uh, they looked very good in the Champions League. We'll, we'll talk about their draw down the line in the show, but that team looks pretty good to me. I don't, I don't know if they're looking to bring in Mourinho right now. They got a pretty good thing going. Uh, anyway, those those are my two options. But um, and you know, I have heard he he wants to manage the Portuguese international team. Uh, maybe reunite with Ronaldo. We'll see. We'll see if that becomes something in his future. Maybe not something short term. Uh, that's possible. But there are other options too. Yeah, Madrid's open. I hear there's some. I hear. Well, apparently they don't want him. But I was thinking that there's definitely some MLS teams that would be interested. <laughs> Atlanta needs a manager. Atlanta needs up. Uh, the Galaxy need a manager. They do. There's, There's the possibility. <laughs> Sorry about the disturbance. <laughs> well, the dogs are there also are more plenty. than awesome, Mourinho. Yeah, as as is all of us. They he could go to an MLS team. He could reunite with Zlatan at the Galaxy. Well, we'll have to see. Well, you know, technically the U.S. job. You know, I know they announced Burhalter and all, but you know, we waited this long. We'll wait another year at the Fireber Halter on the New Year's. Wait another year and we'll get Mourinho. It's all good. Yeah. All right. So t- turn the turn the tables here a little bit. Where does United go from here in terms of wh- what guy they bring in next? I, I, you know, I think the fans have definitely spoken their mind and they're talking about a lot about Zinedine Zidane, who was rumored for the job even before the sacking. Yeah, that would be, I think, their first pick. I don't know if he'll take it. I think Zidane's a pretty smart guy. He seemed to leave Real Madrid at the perfect time. Uh, you know, he had his fair share of regular season struggles in his last year, but he won the Champions League. It kind of wiped everything out. Um, but he seemed to know what was happening with the club. He was able to get some good results out and win, and win the Champions League. I would be, wouldn't be surprised if he sees this United as a bit of a sinking ship at the moment and doesn't want to go on. Um, that said... Uh, Probably the best pick. I don't know who else uh, there would be of top-tier managers who'd want to go there at the moment. Well, I mean, you know, look, at the United thing, oh, we'll have our pick. Anybody should be honored to join United. But honestly, the way – look, I, we can assign blame at any given time, right? And look, I, I truly believe that no situation is ever just on one person. Jose Mourinho was very miserable in his time in Manchester United, and no doubt he had a very big part in what happened there. But let's not pretend that, you know, they didn't – he's had that back line – full of players that are just like, hey, what are they still doing starting there? And then, you know, it, they, they've had some struggles. It's clear the board and he don't see eye to eye. That board, I think, has maybe lost their way a little bit in the last few years. So, yeah, no, nothing blameless. And some of those players, too. Some of those players have to share the blame, too. Absolutely. I mean, it's sometimes that's what happens with a, a big club. There's that pressure that kind of the players don't really can't really meet the expectations. I think someone has to come on the board because there's you know those he's got three managers who've all basically been run out of town. So I I don't exactly see it as 
at some point the board has to see what they're doing and maybe just not just sign big players for the sake of buying them. Alexis maybe have some Sanchez. sort of plan. Do you really need three left wingers who are starting quality? Sanchez, uh, Martial, and Rashford? I don't know. Not for me to decide. They need to make their minds. Yeah, up we there. were looking at the roster yesterday, and it was like, my goodness, there's like it's like this roster sounds insane on paper, and then you look at it on the field and you realize, oh, okay, maybe not. So yeah, I mean, uh, look it, again. There will be a time and a place to talk about blame. I, like I saw ESPN publish this thing uh, that like outlined all this miserable stuff that Mourinho was doing. I, a little bit of character assassination, I'd say, on the part of Manchester United. And I'm sure in the next few days we'll learn about the things that United did to Mourinho. We'll have to let the dust settle before we really get an idea of what happened here. Because you know, look, they're gonna have a caretaker manager. Apparently, according to the odds, Laurent Blanc is one of the front runners. That would be interesting. Wouldn't be a bad pick. He's, a, he's a, you know, one of the top tier, I guess you'd consider managers, uh, managed in Paris. I mean, I mean, listen, it's it was obvious he wasn't Mourinho wasn't happy there. You could kind of see uh, in his mannerisms. You know, even at, even at Chelsea, he seemed a little bit more jovial. Um, United, he always just seemed to be upset with something. So uh, it's probably a good thing for him. I was kind of hoping to see him finish the season out. You know, they did qualify for the Champions League uh, with a big win in Turin, so it's it wasn't all bad things. It wasn't, yeah. But and they did, you know, the first season they do they did a <laughs> the most inconspicuous double of all time, the uh the League Cup and the Europa League. And then the next year he finishes second in a year where listen, if it's not Pep Guardiola and Man City, that's potentially a title winning year for Man United. Well, trophies for finishing second. That's more of a Tottenham and a Liverpool thing, but yeah. Ouch. Regardless. That's true, nonetheless. Yeah, and I mean, they did go to the FA Cup final, lost to a Chelsea team with no manager because the players had also given up on Conte by that point. Uh, Yeah, not a good good resume, unfortunately, for Mourinho. So we'll see how it goes for him and how it goes for United. But, you know, just wanted to get these things out there. Back to what really matters. MLS playoff expansion has been announced because that's what we needed, more teams in the playoffs. Always. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of this, but I guess as long as it gets done in between international breaks, I shouldn't complain too much. So we're going to have seven teams in the playoffs per conference. MLS playoffs will be uh, bookended now by the October international break and the November international break. So we no longer have to have these weird periods where we're waiting for players to come back and pray that they're still healthy when they get back. Also means no more knockout games midweek to sell three days in advance tickets, you know, because those stadiums oftentimes are you know, a little emptier just because, I mean, three days to sell tickets. In other sports, it's not that big of a deal, but in this one, three days is a short window to turn around and say, all right, everybody, please come to the stadium on this midweek day, sometimes at like, you know, nine o'clock local time because we're sporting Kansas City and we're in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, some teams can seem to be able to do all right with it. Others, it ends up being a bit of a ghost town. So hopefully that'll improve uh, for some of those teams. Yeah, so uh, first seed, by the way, getting first in your conference means you will now get a bye, the only bye. Uh, the other six teams will duke it out in the first round, or they called it round one in their graphic. So, yeah, you know, that's that's the advantage now, finishing first. I think that's a pretty good incentive to finish first. You get, you know, home field the rest of the way, and you also don't have to play in that first round of games. Uh, based on this, I'm given, I'm, I don't, I think expressly was said, but we're single legs, right? No more double... No more double legs, uh, single games. So the higher seed really gets a big advantage now. Uh, you know how much we love the whole home team stuff here, but 
we do have to keep in mind that Portland pretty much made it to the final this year uh, on away games. So um, if, if you're going to be a, a good playoff team, you're going to have to have some ability to play on the away. Maybe if you're not, maybe not if you're the one seed and the supporter shield winner, you can just cruise at home. But I mean, that's uh, you don't want to get complacent in that regard. No, you do not. So this will also lead to the season starting earlier in 2020. Uh, 2019 could not do that since the offseason would have been too short, according to the CBA. That's an interesting decision because I don't even want to think about attending a fire game in late February. But apparently we're going there. So I guess in terms of reasoning, if I had to just make some up on the spot, it would be because they want teams to be, you know, in camp sooner. They want teams to be ready for that, you know, CONCACAF Champions League because we just had the dates announced today and, you know, teams are going to be starting that, you know, February 20th, February 21st, and the season doesn't start for another two weeks. While the uh, Mexican teams have all been playing since, you know, January by that point. Yeah, so it's definitely a matter of trying to line that up as well so teams aren't, you know, in the middle of their preseason heading out to to a you know big continental i say big big continental uh trophy very big the biggest so, so. yeah no I, I guess that must be part of the reasoning uh i know they want to get out you know if to make the schedule work uh, i think this year we're gonna have a little more weekday games than you're used to just because of that and because we're gonna have a gold cup to take a break for i imagine so that's gonna be tough but uh, yeah kind of necessary so. evil i guess to get this playoff format in Depth will be important, and this might be a bit of a an odd year, but next year I think we'll see a very uh, much more improved. I've figured it out with the earlier start, no Gold Cup uh, for the playoffs to kind of line up right. Yeah. All right. So now let's get into that news. So much happening. Um, we'll start with the expansion draft. Yeah. Cincinnati. Um, like last year, LAFC got basically pick on their own. Cincinnati got to pick on their own this year. Is that fair? Do you think? Because there are teams that have had to share their expansion drafts. Uh, no, I don't. I think it's it makes the well, it makes like a round of the order of how you pick pretty unimportant. So it's the first overall pick since he picked Darren. Ah, uh, Emmett's favorite. I loved it when they made this pick. I was dying when they did it. I. Th- you know, I don't want to get too much into it. I don't think he's... Uh, I think he's a backup striker again. I think Emmett's a hater. Um, listen, the guy's fast. I don't think he's a particularly great touch. But it doesn't really matter which order you pick him. I think they had some better players picked after. Um, so Maddox will be pretty certainly be a backup behind Fernando Addy, the DP. They also got Roland Lamar from Dallas. Eric Alexander, spelled wrong. Uh, it told. is spelled wrong. Let's uh, see. It's just not right. Uh, a midfielder from Houston. A veteran player in the league, Hassan and Dom, young uh, fullback from uh, New York Red Bulls. Looks like a big guy with some pace, but would be tough to break into Red Bulls team that has three international fullbacks in Mario Escobar and Lawrence. And then their with their was their second pick, but the last one, Kai Kamara, was immediately sent to Colorado in exchange for an international spot. What do you think of the draft, Eric? It was interesting. Like, so they, there were some solid picks in there. Like, I really liked the Lamar pick for them. I thought, you know, okay, that's a, that's a good, that's a solid player that's going to be in the eleven most weeks. Uh, you know, I liked the Darren Maddox pick. I I could not imagine going in there with Fernando Adi thinking you're going to get the job done. I don't think you're going to see Fernando Adi starting by the end of the season. I think it'll be Darren Maddox supplanting him again. Uh, I 
Again. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> this time, Darren Maddox is getting the best of this competition. So I, I liked the Maddox pick. I, I think you need proven MLS goal scorers. This guy scored 10 goals this past season, whether you want to uh, call that an accomplishment or not. You, you need proven goal scoring ability in this league. We saw what happens when you don't have it and you come into this league without it. So I, I was worried about their defense after this. They've made some moves since then. Uh, to kind of shore up their defense. You know, the, the Andam pick, that's clearly a look at the future kind of thing. You know, it, it develop him, see whether he turns... I thought he was more of a center back. Is he a fullback? Uh, he looks like a big dude, but um, yeah, he's a fullback. Okay. Uh, he could probably play center back pretty easily. He seems like he's a little bit... Still got to work on some coordination and footwork, uh, which could make him a, a good center back option. But, okay, so, so but um, he's a raw player. He's got some potential, no doubt. And I don't mind that kind of pick. Given that, look, there's this isn't like there's no relegation, right? So the, this pick is like this. We're not going to look back and say if they had just taken an MLS defender, we wouldn't be having this problem because they basically took a USL player here, and that, like, that's uh, kind of iffy. But you know, uh, one for the future. If it works out, it's great, and if it doesn't work out, we can you know chastise them later. Uh, the other like Eric Alexander, like that's you know he spells his name wrong, sure, but like it's, it's an okay like he's a versatile player. He can play a lot of different positions. That's you know kind of important to have in an expansion team because you know injuries hit and you never know when you might need a player to have to play out of position. He's a veteran. He's a guy. For, he could be a guy for the locker room. He knows the league. You know you need guys who know the league. Um, and I, the international spot for Kai Kamara does come up later because they do make some international picks. I agree. I think Roland Lamar was the best of the bunch. Uh, he had a down season with Dallas. We have seen in the past him being effective on the wing in that uh, in that uh, setup. Um, I mean, yeah, I think Maddox is technically uh, a better player than Alexander Ndam just in terms of you know MLS pedigree. But uh, if they were going like with LAFC in the same year, I would be quite surprised if that was their first overall pick. Yeah, it doesn't matter now because they can pick in any order. True, true. I, I agree that it definitely changes things when there's a different, like, there's a separate team in there. So we'll see. Like, because I think Nashville and Miami, if they enter the league the same year, the way that they're planning to, sounds to me like they're going to have to have their expansion drafts at the same time, which seems unfair, but yeah. whatever. Uh, that's how other teams have had to do it. Um, meanwhile, we'll be seeing Austin at some point as well. We'll see how they line those up. More news for Cincinnati, though. Uh, they also bring in another player from Dallas, uh, midfielder Victor Uyoa. For $150,000 allocation money, otherwise known as Garber My Bucks. favorite. They also used Garber Bucks to bring in Greg Garza. For $450,000 in allocation money uh, and used that international spot uh, that they acquired in a deal for Costa Rican international Kendall Waston from Vancouver for well over 800000 Garber Bucks, going up to 900000 with performance bonuses. That seems a little high for me. I like Waston and all, but uh, it might be a little high. I agree. I think he's a good player. He's a big dude. Uh, but that's. Uh, I think Vancouver gets a lot of money there, and we'll find out pretty soon they're trying to do a little rework with their, of their lineup. But you can see right away, this is all in the span of a couple days. Since he making a lot of big picks, starter Uyoa from Dallas was a big one, I thought. Greg Garza from Atlanta was an absolute coup on expansion day. Um, <laughs> Apparently the Atlanta brass were not happy with them announcing it on the live stream like that. Yeah, I could see why. It's Maybe it's not the time, but uh, it, it did kind of seem as a surprise. The uh, they were the, Even the pundits were a little surprised that he just brought it up, but... 
Um, you know, Atlanta does have some options there, McCann uh, and 16-year-old Bello, Bayo. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's some big acquisitions. And then this week, even more, and these more international ones. Cincinnati acquires Leonardo Bertone from BSC Young Boys in Switzerland and Polish international goalkeeper Shemislav Tito. Ah, what a pronunciation. Good job. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I looked it up. And it's spelled P-R-Z-E-M as the first <laughs> I would have so I would have looked at that and just said, nope. <laughs> Dave. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dave Titan, uh, who, um, if you've been following the international scene for a while, was the backup to uh, Wojciech Szczesny in Poland for a long time. Did get a, a decent amount of starts when Szczesny's faced some injury problems in his Arsenal days. So this is an international experience goalkeeper. They got him on a free transfer. In my mind, that's... That's, that could be a pretty big pick. That's, I mean, we've seen big goalkeepers come and kind of falter, like Rice and Bowley with the Union. But he could jump to be an elite goalkeeper pretty quickly in MLS. And even if he's not elite, you know, look, we have no idea how exactly they're going to line up those first couple games. And we have no idea how the players are going to gel together. You just need you needed somebody a little experienced between the posts. The last thing you kind of want to do is throw, you know, a kid in the fire there. And you wind up ruining his career because of it. Yeah, and I, you can see, I think since he has um, an approach here of, uh, it didn't seem to be youth, it seems to be um, established a lot of international players uh, who've been in the league. So that's why the Darren Maddox pick does seem to make sense. They're not really making too many gambles on youth. Uh, they go on to add left back, this is today, Matthew Deplain, uh 27-year-old defender from League Two side in France, Troyes. I, I believe it's uh, League Two, eh? League de. Um and also other news today, they broke around in the new stadium. So proud. And announced today that they plan to fill out their squad in the span of one month. That's from the December eleventh expansion draft to the January eleventh super draft. And this is all news in that span, basically one week. A lot Way of to go, Cincinnati. Uh, I look the super draft after this no oh my goodness, not the super draft. Now after the expansion draft. I was a little like, okay, I hope Cincinnati isn't trying to go down the route that Minnesota United and to a certain extent Orlando City had already tried to go through with like, oh, we'll just bring a little, you know, a couple players with us from the USL and then a couple players turns into half the team and then, you know, the supplementary players they wind up bringing in aren't good enough to carry them, especially in the case of Minnesota who just were absolutely brutalized on defense, even this again this season with their second year in the league, so... You know, I was hoping they wouldn't go that way. Thankfully, it looks like they haven't. They have gone and, you know, look, Kendall Watson's not a spectacular signing, but that is, you know, an experienced MLS defender. The same goes for Greg Garza. So it's two pretty good pieces to start with. You add to the fact that they're bringing the USL Defender of the Year on their team already. I'm willing to I'm willing to give that guy a chance because, you know, he's already he's he, if he was considered the best of at his position in the lower league, that means he might actually have some talent and be able to play at MLS. See Aaron Long with the Red Bulls. Exactly. So that's the kind of player that I can say, okay, no, 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 that's fair. If you want to come with him as your starter in MLS, that's that's a very good player that deserves a chance. And and now you add, you know, another, you know, some more depth picks with that left back that they brought in. You can you have some options in terms of who plays. You bring in an experienced goalkeeper, and more importantly than I think than anything else, time. I don't know when Cincinnati plans on actually you know getting the team together and starting training, but it is all the world of difference to have time for your defense to be able to go into practice together or learn each other's tendencies and you know like there's going to be some teaching moments there's some young players on that defense 
that's the time to learn it in January, in February, not in March when it's, well, it's trial by fire. Nobody wants to see that. And we saw LAFC uh, didn't really have a full roster even by the time the January Super Draft came around. And even by then they had barely 11 players uh, after they drafted, uh, the draft picks finished. It wasn't until mid to late February where they finished it out. So Cincy right now, they're saying we want to fill it out now. Uh, they have a lot of international defenders. There are Bertone, uh, the Swiss defender, Polish goalkeeper, French defender, Costa Rican defender, uh, American defender, and Greg Garza. You got a couple people fighting it out at left back, it seems. But that'll, you know, they're going to need that time to de- to to get together because there's going to be some, you know, maybe it might be some language barriers there. <laughs> I was just thinking that, like a ling- uh, you know, underrated part of soccer for sure is definitely the amount of language barriers that would just, the only other sport that I think would come even close is like baseball. And even in baseball, there's only really like two or three languages that you have to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes the sports, it's one of the beautiful thing about sport in general and soccer, uh, of course, is uh, sometimes you can just do it without communications. You know, if people just know Sometimes you just know how the other person's going to react. Uh, you know, Martinez, Joseph Martinez isn't exactly a great English speaker. I think he did his first English interview recently. Uh, but, you know, he, he meshes with guys like uh, Julian <laughs> he Gressel. Doesn't need, he doesn't need uh, to speak English. They just give me the ball. That's all he needs to know. You know, he's they, they're on a level. He knows where he's supposed to be. Uh, you know, the players know where they're supposed to put the ball. So I don't think – with defense, I think it's a bigger issue because uh, you do want your goalkeeper to be able to give – parking orders at the defenders i think they'll figure that out pretty quickly yeah all right so let's uh let's move on from cincinnati let's talk about that guy they traded away kai kamara going to colorado so this is like this kind of bizarre like i know colorado need goals and i know they need like good players everywhere but oh i don't know man like kamara's got that like reputation and you know, it was already showing when he was on these mediocre teams that were in the playoff hunt for the last couple of weeks of the season. Uh, can you? I don't. What is he going to be like in Colorado? Yeah, I mean, don't forget how quick he was to throw under his teammates under the bus at Columbus uh, when they had that down year directly after uh, qualifying for MLS final. Uh, that landed him a transfer to New England and then Vancouver. Uh, so you know, on a level, he is an MLS veteran. Been to all these teams. But another, I think he he could be a virus in the locker room. I mean, the, the teams when he left, they did they did you know they didn't really fall off. Columbus had a good year afterwards. They brought in Ola, they had Ola Kamara step up with a great season, earned him a transfer to the Galaxy, and the Revolution did striker by committee, Teal Bunbury, um, and uh, Juan Agudelo. You know, Bunbury had uh, ten goals in his first seventeen games. So it, after Kamara left, it wasn't you know this he had a pretty decent season. So. I think he's a good forward, but I'm wondering how he affects his teams. Yeah, so, okay. In in that same vein, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Vancouver, too, because now, by the way, as 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 hard as it can be to trust Kai Kamara and that, you know, that attitude, th- this guy and Alfonso Davies are now both gone. That's basically their entire offense. They didn't have a lot of it to begin with. I mean, their offense was okay, but that was their offense. Their big thing, I thought, was their horrid defense. And they lose their best defender in Kendall Lawson, a designated they, I don't think Vancouver plans on fielding a team next year. That's the only logical explanation. This poor Mark Dos Santos guy has his work cut out for him. I wouldn't be surprised if some of these were his picks. He wanted to kind of revamp it. They did add goalkeeper Zach McMath from Colorado, a former union goalie. He was very highly regarded at one point. I think he might have been a – he was definitely a first-round pick. 
they did leave uh, Seth Marinovich unprotected on the waiver and expansion draft. Uh, they also added Maxime Cripeau, a homegrown goalkeeper from Montreal. I'm assuming he'll be back up and Marinovich will be on his way, as well as Andy Rose, um, who I think could be a pretty impactful player. He's a center mid who most recently played in League One side Coventry in England and then Motherwell oh. in the first division in Scotland uh, and played in Seattle as early as 2015. If he has that kind of ability, he could be a pretty important uh, guy in that midfield. Yeah, that's possible. And look, I, I I completely understand the idea of this guy wanting his team, his guys. That's totally fine. I'm just saying, like, I know, and I obviously know he had nothing to do with Alfonso Davies, who, you know, if they could have kept, they would have. But I don't know. I'm just saying, like, this Vancouver team, this could be a miserable season if these things continue the way they are. Yeah, I mean, we've seen rebuilds rarely go that well. Uh, but there is some good news. Um, some of the more expensive players are apparently off the books this year. That's Ali Ghazal and American Soccer Show favorite Breck <laughs> Shea. Apparently will be, uh, did not have their contracts taken up, which will free up significant money for Vancouver to rework. Just wait until they bring back Breck Shea. I, don't, I wonder where he's going to go. I think someone because I think if he gets a significant pay cut, if he's like at a hundred thousand or some sort of minimum, he would be a useful player. Not, but the fact that he's a yeah, DP the, he's is not ridiculous. that bad. A DP, he's not a DP, but like he's not that bad. He, he's a serviceable player. I just like DP just he, is, is absurd. It, there's big things about his position. Some people try to turn him into a fullback, winger, striker. We've seen some of his misses. I don't think he's good at any of them really. But I think he's a depth player. I think we need a competition. Send us your thoughts, where you think he goes. The winner will give you a shout-out. We can't send you anything, uh, but... I mean, we can. We're choosing well, not to. My my guess is Colorado or Orlando, someplace that just uh, Orlando again, desperate. though? Like, that already didn't work once. Well, they have a new VP. We'll see. Uh, but that's, you know, a lot of more moves out than in for them. More to come, we're hoping, uh, from Vancouver, but it could be a tough Also, year. circling back to Colorado quickly, they also brought in Diego Rubio on that weird series of trades where Kellen Rowe went, was on three different teams in the span of, like, two days. So, I, 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 that that's puzzling now. Now I'm really puzzled. Those two definitely are not going to play well together. I don't imagine Diego Rubio and Kai Kamara being able to play on the field at the same time. Yeah, I don't know how that'll work. Rubio seems to be a guy who likes to run the channels, make a lot of movement, buzz around. Kamara's more of a target guy. We'll see. Vancouver did pick up um, Victor PC, as he's better known. Love that guy. Juro, uh, from Orlando for a third-round pick. Draft picks are usually crapshoot anyway, especially in the third round, after the first round specifically. So um, it's more or less a, just a free acquisition for Vancouver. He didn't really pan out in Van- in Orlando. Maybe a change in country uh, will help him. Yeah, got to get lit. It's a pretty long uh, flight. But it seems like Orlando's also trying to revamp their club. They send center back Amroteric to the Red Bulls for a fourth-round pick. Uh, not many fourth-round picks I've seen ever make it at that point. Jack Elliott in the Union, maybe. Uh, so that's a depth pick for the Red Bulls, given their center backs. And they send, this is the big one, Mohamed El Manir to LAFC in exchange for last season's first overall super draft pick, Jean Moutinho. Wow. Ah, yes. Uh, I think, I, I like it. Uh, look, I, I would rather have not given up on Jean Moutinho because I do think he has potential, but I'm an, I'm an El Manir guy. So, Are yes, you? I like it. I like his attacking ability on that left-hand side, and I think Bob Bradley will really be able to work with him. 
I I think he'd be good in the you know three five back system as a wing back. Uh, outside of that, I don't know. I think LFC has plenty of wingers. I think he would be tough to kind of fit into an, that attacking lineup. Um, Moutinho, I guess they didn't see something in him. I don't That's know. That's tough. He had such a rough first season. And, you know, one season does not make anyone's career. But he, uh, you know, I can I can understand it to a certain degree. It just looked like, you know, he got chances. And it just every time he got on the field, it felt like he was really just not locked in sometimes and you know some of that comes with age and experience and then there were other times where you're just like but it just doesn't feel like we're getting anywhere with him so I could understand the frustration yeah so he is young I think he's about 19 now maybe 20 um potentially a guy who needs time in in the USL uh, which I don't think LAFC had developed by uh this point um so perhaps they thought yeah he doesn't have it Orlando also pick up center forward Tesho Akindele from FC Dallas, another team that's going to make some reworks for around 100,000 Garber bucks. Uh, and cutting some loose ends, they contract options for goalkeeper Joe Bendick, defenders Scott Suter and Jonathan Spector were declined. That leaves some pretty big holes in the back well, now. I mean, considered. it was a gaping hole before, so I mean, at this point, does it really matter? You had to fill something. Yes. So that's their starting goalkeeper gone, their starting left back gone, uh, Spector, who is a I would say fairly often a, an impact player, not always a starter, gone. Amro Tarek, a starter, gone. Uh, Scott Suter, a you know, rotation player, gone. Uh, I guess Moutinho can uh, slot in at left back, but I, I think his best days were you know, defensive mid in college. Hmm. So there's, it's a rework it there. It is definitely a Massive, a rework. massive rework. Uh, I guess James O'Connor, he's I, all really not a lot of managers coming into a lot of good situations here. Obviously, whoever fills the Atlanta position will be in a pretty good spot. But like I already talked about Dos Santos in Vancouver. He's in a rough place. James O'Connor, who's already there in Orlando before, he's in a rougher patch, I'd say, than ever, given that the way the re- roster is having to be reworked once again. And then, you know, Luchi Gonzalez. For FC Dallas, they said they want to go younger, which is kind of a mind-blowing statement when you consider that they're always one of the younger teams in the league already. They're, ba- they're basically Red Bulls West, but without a lot of like <laughs> a lot of the good qualities. Like, I mean, yeah, they. You, it's tough to say they do it better than the Red Bulls because the Red Bulls win, but they do have the most homegrowns of any roster. Uh, so they, you know, they're a team that definitely has a really has a knack for bringing up these young guys. Uh, so yeah, O'Connor first off season. He's gonna bring some guys from Louisville. Goalkeeper Greg uh, Rajit Singh and defender Kyle Smith. Uh, what a name! Must be guys he likes. Yeah, I was pronunciation of that one could use some work. And rumors that Yoshi Yotun might be heading to Cruz Azul. Yoshi, I think they'll need to hang. If, hang if on Yoshi Mar Yotun leaves that team, that's just like what do you even say to that? Like, I think they're in trouble. That he he was like they're one of their good things going for them. <sighs> That would be shocking. So I hope that doesn't happen. Look, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not rooting for anybody other than the fire. But you know, it's like I want people to succeed. I want people to have a reasonable chance of succeeding. You get rid of Yotun, there's no reasonable way I could see the Orlando competing for anything this year, other than the wooden spoon, which they were certainly in competition for this year. I mean, listen, okay, so now they have depth at forward behind Wire with Akindele. Uh If you keep Yotun. Uh, you keep Higuita. That's a decent center mid pairing. Okay, Moutinho. You still have Lamine Sane. Chris Muller on the right wing. I don't think he's starter quality. They could probably bring in a couple more guys. 
So they still have some work to do, but they have a little bit of a spine currently going with them. So, yeah, uh, it's uh, tough times, but we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, uh, in terms of Dallas, they let a Ruti go to Montreal. We talked about that one a little bit before. I already said that it's a great signing for Montreal. It's, uh, it's perfect. It's exactly what they needed. So very rarely do you get such a perfect fit, but it happened there. Yeah, I think that's good for both clubs because um, I was we found out that Aruti's seven hundred and eighty thousand dollar salary was set to rise to one point two million in twenty nineteen and one point four million in twenty twenty. So really getting a lot of money off of the books in Dallas. Not that they're going to spend um, it. Yeah, uh, unlikely. It's probably going to go into the youth system. Uh, Pay for that soccer hall but, of fame yeah. that everyone's going to visit. I mean, that's probably where all the money's going to go now that I think about it. That's that's the big thing going on in Frisco. Uh, but Akindele, which not exactly an impact player for them, but notwithstanding, the club is going through a rebuild as well. Oscar Pereja left at the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, uh, I have something interesting for you. Did you know that Frisco, Texas was actually named the number one place to live in the United States? I saw And, that, and no, no mention, mention of the FC Dallas. It must have been the Hall of Fame. <sighs> must be. But yeah, so Frisco, a nice place to be. Hopefully that means they'll be able to fill in the stadium <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, but Perea left. Uh, recently appointed VP of Soccer Operations, Luis Muzzi, also at the door, having agreed to join Orlando for that same position. So they've lost Lama, Uyoa, Akindele, Uruti, uh, Perea, and Muzi. Uh, some big names there. Some Muzi, maybe not as much. Uh, Akindele, not as much. Uh, but it's they're going young here. That's getting rid of some of the players who've been around. Uh, they promoted youth academy coach Luchi Gonzalez uh, to replace Perea. Uh, and reports, I mean, that they're bringing in the young players is interesting. There was a report that uh, academy player Chris Richards would be sold to Bayern for a million dollars. It shows Dallas is moving to be a selling club. That's where they want to be. Well, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but, like, I'm just saying, like, the Red Bulls model is just, it feels so much better. And then you see, like, when you're doing the same thing that another team's doing, it invites that comparison. And that comparison is not kind, I would say, to FC Dallas right now. You know, they've had some good times. They doing this two years, three years ago. They finished first, got the Supporters' Shield, a very Red Bulls in, loss in the playoffs. Uh, last year, not as strong. This year, they were first for a long period of time. So it's, it's, they're too mercurial. They're not consistent enough. Uh, and like I said, no club has as many homegrown players, and they're going to go even more in that direction. But they did make one signing, one big one. They signed a Czech forward, Zdenek Ondrasek, from Wisla Krakow. He had 20 goals and 9 assists last year of his 66 games. Uh, probably knows uh, Nemanja Nikolic, who played for Legia Warsaw in the same league, uh, and maybe even... Teton, the Polish goalkeeper. So that one is not exactly a youth signing. I believe him to be 28. Uh, but sometimes you can't just play nine, you know, 11, 19-year-olds like you can in FIFA. <laughs> Your favor, right? Just train up a bunch of 19-year-olds. Don't play anybody over the age of 25. It always works. Works there. <laughs> should work in real yeah, life. It should work in real life, but it doesn't, unfortunately, all the time. And it all. I mean, the stadium's already empty. I guess they have nothing to lose in terms of losing their fans. So... Yeah, and for me, it's a matter of, I think that this, of the teams going through a rebuild year, I think this Dallas can afford to have the lowest, uh, despite probably being the strongest of all of them. I think Vancouver and Orlando need to bounce back. Um, 
Colorado needs to bounce back. Dallas can afford to bring in some youth players, maybe get some U.S. internationals. I mean, if you get the next U.S. international star, that'll surely bring in some fans. Yeah, uh, we'll see on that front. We kind of talked about the Red Bulls a little bit. They, you know, they added Tarek, like you said. Uh, they bring in Marcus Epps, Philadelphia Union guy, who you you uh, you got some thoughts on. Yeah, I think that they, well, they need wingers. They do need uh, wingers. <laughs> and so for New York, they they declined the option Aurelian Collin, long-serving MLS defender, with European experience, could be useful somewhere. And add Tarek as that kind of depth uh, defender. Um, Epps for me, you know, the, wing, the U.S. had the Union had four right wingers, uh, so Epps was going to struggle to get in there. He's got pace, some dribbling ability, looks uncomfortable. Um, Plays behind CJ Sapong, somehow a right winger now. Elsino, um, and Fabian Herbers, uh, at the time was also right the right mids there. So it was good for him to leave. New York re- needs uh, wingers, but uh, well, I don't think he'll be a starter right away. Uh, f- speaking of Herbers, he also left to join the hometown favorite Chicago Fire. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, we'll see what they have planned for him. I hope he contributes more than Tony Chaney ever did. It'll be tough to do much less. Um, it's the fire. They'll find for, a way. For them, it seemed like, especially in the beginning of the season, they were struggling to get attacking players. Uh, they got Raheem Edwards, uh, Nico Hasler. I mean, uh, you know, they, of course, you have Nikolic. Katai was a good addition. Um but they they definitely when they had were struggling with injuries with Mihailovic out as well they needed some attackers they also bring in Christian Martinez, Panamanian winger he only played five matches in the second half of 2018 so it seemed like he'd run out of uh, run out of time in Columbus and the big one for them um, Costa Rican and LAFC forward Marco Urania who's just 28 I thought he was much older will be joining those Feels like he's three been in the attack forever, yeah. Uh, which I think has got to be a bigger sign, and that guy is an impact player, whether or not he's scoring goals. We'll see. I I think he'll be fine. Look, obviously he's an upgrade on Alan Gordon, so you know that's good. Can hopefully you know take some of the load off Nikolic. You know Nikolic has shown that you know he does go through these rough patches, and it's nice to have a guy who can actually play behind him rather than you know Alan Gordon, who's like, well, good luck. Nikolic is a bit of a service forward. You know he he can do some stuff on his own, uh, but he's so good in the box. So it would be nice to be able to say, okay, have a guy who runs off him like Urania. But okay, but now it, it seems like they filled some stuff out. Uh, they left Delu uh, and Solignac, um, it seems, might not be joining the club. So they did say that they were the, opening negotiations with Delu, though. So it's possible he still comes back. Uh, yeah, and uh, Solignac for reduced salary as well, I think it's possible. Uh, so, th- I mean... It gives them options now because they really didn't have a lot of depth there. Uh, other big news, Ponovich re-signs. <laughs> oh, Returning as coach for man. another season. No, three se- he signed on for three seasons. Well, at least one more unless he gets the sack. He's, oh, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, look, here's the thing. I, I made it very clear at the end of the season that I was, if it meant getting rid of Rodriguez, I was okay with saying, you know what, Velko, I'm sorry, it's time to go. Because I actually think that Velko Ponovich is a fine coach. But that so that said, now that he's officially back, okay, that's fine. But three years, like, what are the consequences for having a season the way they did? I know you can say, oh, well, the injuries and all that. Yeah, okay, fine. 
three years? There has to be more consequences for having a season like that. It A one-year deal, maybe two. I could have lived with three more years. I know that they don't have to keep him. They could fire him tomorrow. But, like, ugh, why? Then they'd have to give him severance, all that stuff. I would have done one year. One, one year, maybe with a, you know, a club safest. option for the second. Yeah, they could pick him up. Uh, I mean, he showed a third-place finish when he had a, you know, a strong team. They're adding attackers. I don't know. I mean, they're not starting quality with Herbers and Martinez. Uh, Urania potentially starting quality. But you know, it is rotation quality. It is something that you can say, okay, we can bring them in. They will, uh, they will help in some way. Uh, and that was definitely something that they were lacking. So we'll see if that brings them back to their glory days. They did get Schreinsteiger back for another year, so it seems like they're trying to say, let's give one more shot at this project. Yeah. Uh, there is one more person that are, apparently they're interested in, 20-year-old Argentine left-winger Martin Ojeda from Racing Club in Argentina. Chicago apparently only want to pay a $100,000 loan fee. Uh, Racing want 300000 Both teams agreed on a $4 million purchase clause for 70% of his rights. That's the rumor out there right now. That could be massive, and that's the kind of attacking quality that they would need. Ooh. The f- $200,000 they're haggling over. That's a lot of garbage I, box. I, just, I don't want to hear I don't it. know. I th- <laughs> if that doesn't get done because they don't want to. This is the same team that tried to haggle over Juan Quintero. And look uh. what happened to him. He scored a great goal in the Copa Libertadores final. Yeah, it's for for me that you got to go for that. They need this quality, and it looks like it is like a one more year thing. Dax is is declining. Schweinsteiger looks like this will probably be his last year. Uh, but then again, I think they need some defenders. Also need a goalkeeper. They just bulked up on a bunch. Can, can, can we find a goalkeeper, please? Anywhere? You have uh, you have like three I, of them, don't you? I, I, you could combine all three of them together, and their stats would still barely be an MLS average goalkeeper. Well, their stats combined would not be very good, <laughs> but uh, I think if you combine them into one massive human being, <laughs> they'd at least take up like two-thirds of the goal. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> their reaction time would still be bad, and they'd still come out of the goal at the wrong time, thanks to all the Richard Sanchez blood they have. I don't know. I think the strategy of just like lay them down and just say, just lay there, you take up most of the goal, make them find the corners. Goodness. Could be effective. Well, anyway, Mo- <sighs> moving, moving on, on from, from the fire. dumpster fire of a team. Uh, Kellen Rowe got traded from New New England to Colorado and then to Sporting Kansas City. Diego Rubio ended up in Colorado, like we said. Uh, such a, like, Colorado getting Edgar Castillo is, I guess, decent. Yeah, Castillo goes to New England. Rowe goes all the way to Kansas City uh, and Rubio to Colorado. I'm, I mean, okay, so Colorado gets some attack. They need a defense. And Castillo, let's be fair, Using uh, former U.S. international for a period of time, he's a wing back who's all attack, so he doesn't really bring them a lot on defense. I'm not sure. Sh- I don't know what Brad Friel's trying to build over there, but a- he must have had some idea how he wanted him. I don't know what Sporting Kansas City's trying to do, <laughs> getting rid of their like their forward. But okay, they got rid of their forward, who we all kind of thought was pretty decent. Well, at least uh, Kyrie Shelton's not coming back. Nah, well, there's another thing. I think Rowe could, I mean, I, you know guys like Matt Doyle absolutely adore Kellen Rowe, potentially could kind of step into the Sporting Kansas City side and find himself. So we'll see. Maybe it's where he becomes a star. Yeah. Sporting Kansas City also added Hungarian defender Botan Barath 
from Budapest Hanved FC. So congratulations to them. I'm sure I'm sure he'll be a star under Vermees. That's the one thing. I, Kellen Rose is a talented player. I like him. So I think that under Vermees he could really uh, shine. Yeah, he could he could uh, kind of figure out what kind of separates him from being borderline U.S. international quality to becoming a full-time player. Uh, Barath, the uh, Hungarian, must have gotten a good recommendation from fellow Hungarian Daniel Shalloway <laughs> uh, to head on over. That's true. Uh, last moves, uh, Chris Duval from Montreal to Houston. Houston needed a right back. They are playing Wenger there for a while. So uh, an effort to, sign, to fill up the defense. Columbus signed 23-year-old Rubinho and not the Rubinho. I was just going to say, ah, oh, Rubinho's back. Um, and Kansas City signed Costa Rican international Rodney Wallace from uh, from New York City. Another New York City winger. <sighs> Maybe the next Kyrie Shelton in the making. Uh, Zlatan's back. Uh, rumored for a little while now. Now official. Uh, announced. Uh, he, he hashtagged it with MLZ, which I can only assume means Major League Zlatan. Absolutely. It's definitely what it means. (laughs) So congratulations to them for getting him back. They announced him as a DP. That means one of their DPs is going to have to go uh, or be bought down. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it better be Gio Dos Santos because if it's like Alessandrini, that's shocking. And if it's Jonathan Dos Santos, I guess it's not the end of the world. But still, can't have Gio there anymore. It's just unfathomable to me. Yeah, it's... I mean, there was reports Alessandrini wanted to go to Montreal. French-speaking, play alongside Piatti. Could be very dangerous uh, attack there. But, uh, yeah, if you were Galaxy, you kind of get rid of that $6 million man, Gio Dos Santos. Yeah. Lucho Acosta apparently either posturing for a new contract uh, or on his way out of D.C. He's posting pictures of him waving, like, goodbye. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Be a massive saying loss. Things like, saying things like, thank you. Yeah. Uh, be be a big uh, loss, I'd say. Uh, he was their best player for the past at least three years for me. Even in their down periods, you could see how much quality he had. Uh, he wasn't better than so Darren Maddox. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're back to this guy. No, nah, no. Nah, he is. He is. So it would be a massive loss. I mean, obviously, good for the league if a guy like him can, you know, put pass on the reputation the way we want Almiron to do as well. But I, one more season. Come on. Yeah, I think... You, you say, well, unless he's got a big move lined up, it's a good chance for him to say, okay, that's one more chance to make things happen with uh, DC United, but he's probably had some pretty rough memories with some of those really bad years. Pay the had. man, DC. Pay the man. Pay, I, I'm with you. Pay the man. Uh, Zach Steffen made his move official to Manchester City. It was announced, but he will leave in the summer, not now, so he'll get to stay in Columbus until then. Uh, I guess that's pretty good for Columbus. It gives them time to kind of figure out their goalkeeping situation. And for Stefan, you know, I mean, look, he, he probably wasn't getting in the team anyway. So, you know, in the summer, you get a little more of a clean slate to impress. Absolutely. And uh, it gives him also a chance potentially to play in the Gold Cup without uh, worrying about Columbus around that time, I think. It opens up. Eh, it opens up after that. But I'm uh, being told from our producer. But, yeah, it's – I mean, you know Bravo has his injury, so maybe be a chance for him to play in cup matches. But uh, – it gives him a chance to say farewell to, to Columbus, who will hopefully be staying. Uh, though apparently a new stadium deal is in the works. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. StubHub Center is being renamed to Dignity Health Sports Park. <laughs> Have some dignity with your names. Goodness. My gosh. Yeah, uh, Caleb Porter heading to Columbus. 
that's interesting. Uh, I think it's, I, I can't believe he was out that long. You know, I might be overrating him a little bit, but that seems kind of weird that he, you know, lasted so long in the unemployment. So good for, good for Columbus. I think it's a solid hire. Yeah. I know you're a fan of Porter's and, uh, we'll see what he does there because Columbus had a real, real identity under Burhalter uh, that I enjoyed watching at least. So we'll see, uh, We'll see how Porter does. He had some success with Portland, obviously winning MLS Cup. So it's tough to beat that pedigree. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, quickly over to Europe, where we have some things to talk about. Champions League draw, Europa League draw happened on Monday. Schalke against Manchester City. If you haven't, by the way, check out Bleacher Reports: The Champions. They go over like the draw, and it's hilarious. It's a favorite of the American Soccer Show. Highly, highly recommended. Uh, other matches, club. Atletico de Madrid versus Juventus. That's a big one. That's going to be a gritty game. Manchester United against Paris Saint-Germain. Oh, my gosh. Well, unfortunately, we're not going to get to see the Mourinho masterclass where he parks an aircraft carrier. Honestly, they should have given him this game because it's a it's a no-lose situation. They're going to a game no one really expects them to win. If they lose, okay, you lost to the big hitters, Paris. If you win, oh, if he pulls PSG out a masterclass. If PSG could not beat this Manchester United team, PSG, they've invested billions of dollars into trying to win the Champions League. That's That thing needs to just be done. If you couldn't win that. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Tottenham, yeah. Dortmund, that's just, you know, whatever. It's a, it's, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. It's, it's probably one of the better matchups that no one's going to watch uh, outside of Pulisic adorers uh, and, you know, Tottenham Spurs fans like, you know, Robbie Weinstein, who didn't believe uh, they could beat a B-side Barcelona anyway. So, you know. Self depreciate. I can't believe, can't believe Tottenham made it through anyway. Olympic Lyonnais versus FC Barcelona. Uh, I think there's a heavy favorite in that one. Olympic Lyon definitely favorite. No, nah, well, they've got some good players though. They, you know, Memphis Depay. Uh, uh, not Certainly can't be overlooked. Definitely. Uh, Roma Porto. This is actually one of the more interesting matchups, despite again probably not having any heavy hitters. Don't be surprised if Porto gets through in this one again. They've been in great form this season in Europe. Yeah, and they would kind of be. Um, Getting into the quarterfinals, one of the uh, more unexpected ones, I guess you would say. One of those two teams would be uh, an underdog going into that round. Ajax versus Real Madrid. Ajax had a pretty good group stage. Some big. They stars almost won emerging. the group um, with Bayern in it, and as you know, unimpressive as Bayern have been, they basically you know they they had the lead in the in somewhere in the 80th minute. They had the lead and could have won the group if they had held on. So. That's definitely a very good side. Don't sleep on them. I think Real Madrid still pull it out, but that they're going to give them some trouble. It's a struggling Real Madrid side, but we know how they always do in the Champions League. It'll be tough to overcome. And then last but not least, Liverpool. Liverpool and Bayern. Yeah, Liverpool and Bayern. That should be interesting. Look, this Bayern team's not as good this season. I won't be surprised if Liverpool run them off the field. Let them focus on the Bundesliga where they're down where they're down currently. I don't think they run them off the field. Bayern are still, like Real Madrid, they're still a big historic club with uh, big names. But I think Liverpool will be quite disappointed if they lose, given Bayern's form, at least at the moment. Prestigious Europa League things to get into quickly. Inter Milan, <laughs> Rapid Wien. Just wanted to talk about Inter Milan quickly. Poor, poor guys. They were, they were just a goal away from getting into the next round, and instead they get this. I mean, yeah, they blew it at home with a draw to uh, PSV. Uh which, you know, isn't a bad team by any means, but uh, good for Tottenham. They ended up pulling that draw out, and uh, I got kind of against all odds making it out of that group, which is pretty amazing. Uh, Napoli also uh, kind of last minute, can't pull it out, gets knocked out of that group of death. They'll be in it. 
uh, the Europa League. <laughs> Chelsea draw Malmo. Hey, it's Roman Gall's team. Tough draw for uh, Malmo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's, I think there's some interesting teams here. Uh, Valencia, who finished third in Man United's group with Celtic. Celtic, always a great atmosphere. Sevilla and Lazio is probably the big game uh, of this group stage. Two, two exciting teams, I think, to watch. Lazio with Chiro, Immobile, and Sevilla, obviously. A heavy hitter in this competition has won it twice in the last three years. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for us this week. But before we go out of here, and before Emmett signs us out, awards next week. We'll call it a Christmas we'll have- Eve special. We're going to have our American Soccer Show Awards, so take a look, t- stay tuned for that. This is why you do anyway, the Anyway, that's all. We're, I'm looking forward to that. Every day it gets closer is a day closer to the awards show. That didn't make any sense. But that's all the time we have this week on the American Soccer Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us. Check out past episodes. You can find us on iTunes, Google, Spotify. For all your American Soccer needs, make sure to leave us a review. Again, anything over three stars will take <laughs> Until next time, I'm Emmett McConnell alongside Eric Alcantor signing off.